back to Gin Gals, the show where we talk to distillers, cocktail makers, and anyone and everything to do with gin. I guess try some tasty shit. Who are you people? I'm Ollie, and I just wanted to share that I'm really excited that we live in a world where Guy Fieri, with that hair and that bowling shirt, can get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Anything is possible, follow your dreams. Where do you come up with these things? He literally got a Hollywood star yesterday. Matthew McConaughey presented (laughs) it to him. It's like the biggest news in my life right now. Uh, My name's Gabby, and I'm all about that mouthfeel. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I am Jess. I'm about to go on holiday, so I don't have to deal with neither of you for a while. (laughs) So today, uh, we, we bowed down and paid homage to the Gin Queen. Yes, Melbourne Gin Royalty. If you listen to us, you probably know who she is already because she is the Melbourne person to go to for gin. Any great gin event, really, Caroline is usually behind it. It's very exciting to actually get to talk to her. Yes, so exciting because such a spokesperson for like the local industry, uh, puts on amazing events and like is so dedicated to taking care of women in the industry, which, you know, who doesn't love that? Go yeah. chicks. Go chicks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, without further ado, here is our interview with Caroline. Welcome back to Gin Gals. It's been a while since we've recorded. <laughs> um, so, we start off every uh, episode by asking, what was the first thing that you got absolutely blind on? blind uh so many things if i'm really honest um, but i guess i grew up in the west country um in the uk which is a bit ur combine harvester and cider and scrumpy scrumpy is like the worst thing ever that really cloudy cloudy cider so i think cider because it was cheap yeah um but so nasty um yeah and something else called Thunderbird, which we used to drink, and I don't even know what it was, but it was disgusting. Oh, like yeah, like I don't know, sort of like wine and cider, and yeah, gross, oh. so gross. But Did she it have little puppets on the label, or anything? I can't remember. <laughs> no, 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 not that Thunderbird. I don't know what it was. It just had like a lightning flash or something. It was really gross, really cheap, and really nasty. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I w- yes, I, I'm about to like head off to the UK tomorrow, so I'll have to look. Yeah. Out. <laughs> You look way on the bottom shelf, way, yeah. way, way, way down. <laughs> We're giving you cheap stuff. Um, so what is your origin story then? <laughs> my origin story. Um, I was introduced to gin by a family friend quite a long time ago, and it was just our thing to do, just hang out and have a gin and tonic. Um, and then when I moved here in 2011, I just got really... Um, I'd had quite a few people go, oh, what do you want to move to Australia for? You know, there's nothing there, there's no culture, there's no blah, blah, blah. So I kind of took it upon myself to really kind of explore things mm-hmm. and like, you know, the food and culture and everything else. And I noticed that gin was, start, you know, that there are a few distilleries. Mm-hmm. And um, when I started, there were about six on the market here. Um, and just, you know, went out and sort of explored and thought, oh, you know, there is actually such a thing as Australian gin. And I was just really lucky, um, right place at the right time. I think I launched a week before Four Pillars did. So I met Cam very, very early on. Um, he was still in his Hannibal Lecter cage, which <laughs> the ATO had put him in because they, everyone was so scared about you know things blowing up. So literally he had a copper cage and he'd have to unlock it and let me in and then lock us both in. And now I look at the, you know, the setup they have in Hillsville and you can look through the window and there's no cages and you can just wander around and it's really funny. But that's how sort of... 
uh, not, not naive but inexperienced everybody was the ATO they didn't really know how to manage how to manage this so yeah like I say there were only about six and then four pillars kind of took off and yeah, it was just a lot of right place at the right time and just a lot of getting out and talking to people. Really. Yeah. It's so interesting that like a spirit that has such a sort of like backyard kind of origin has like working Faraday cages. That's exactly exactly what it was. Um, and yeah, I was thinking, when I walked into it, I was like, oh my God, is it really this dangerous? And now I just look at, you know, all the different cellar doors and they've just merrily got them on display and, you know, it's just not the, not the same. People are a bit more um, used to seeing them out. Uh, being from the UK and then coming over to Australia, how do you find the British gin and the Australian gin sort of compares? What do you think the big differences are? I think the big difference is the use of native botanicals. And, you know, there's 16,000 things that grow in, uh, I think approximately 16,000 things, according to Professor Entwistle at the uh, Botanical Gardens, that grow here that don't grow anywhere else in the world. So we have a really great opportunity to, you know, use them in our gins and create a real sense of place and just real sort of location. Um, I think the other thing that's interesting as well is in the UK most people use neutral grain spirit but obviously being a wine country we use a lot of grape spirit which gives for me gives a completely different mouthfeel and a different um, experience. Fractional distilling is something else that we do quite a lot here. Melbourne Gin Company did that with their first gin where you, you know you distill everything. I'm going to teach you to suck eggs but you know they distill everything separately and then blend it back together which is really hard work but because we're a wine country you know Andrew feels very confident to do that because he does that as a winemaker so just little things like that I think we're hugely into flavour here with our food and our wines and I think sometimes you know English people taste things and like wow not in a bad way but just like wow it's all about flavour um, so I think that's the main thing I mean there are some really interesting UK gins that have got a lot of flavour, particularly the Scottish gins, like um, Isle of Harris gin, Collinsay is another one where they're really using some interesting local botanicals, but yeah, I think that's the main thing. Uh, With gin getting more popular in Australia and seeing the boom that it has at the moment, do you you feel that that's going to keep up and maybe one day we'll see an industry as big and as booming in Australia as the Australian wine industry? God, I really hope so. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think I did a little thing on my website and I think there's like 96 distilleries now um, making gin. I mean, some of those make whiskey and liqueurs and other things as well. Will it be as big as the wine industry? Not if the tax situation doesn't change. Um, But I think we have a long way to go just in terms of you know supporting the industry I think the other thing to remember is that you know we're obviously in the gin bubble we assume that everybody loves gin and you know we're all about it so we kind of you know I'm very obsessed with it but you forget that outside the big cities like Sydney and Melbourne it's not necessarily a drink that people are used to or it's just still got a really bad reputation not a bad reputation but it's just seen as an old lady's drink and when you look at some statistics I think Roy Morgan did some um, research a couple of years ago vodka was just starting to fall behind gin but far and away what we mostly drink in Australia is rum and whiskey we're very much a brown brown spirit state so we've got as much as I get very excited when people sort of go oh we're exporting and what is it four pillars are in 15 markets I still think we have quite a long way to go in terms of penetrating the market here yeah so you know there's a lot more work to be done 
How best, like, aside from, of course, like, going and supporting the distilleries by purchasing them, is there any way that, like, people can sort of, like, help progress the, the, the gin a bit further, aside from starting podcasts? <laughs> I think, you know, always going into a bar and asking, you know, asking for Australian brands. When I first started, you know, you go into a bar and most of them are supported by the big groups like Diageo and Perno, and it was very sort of difficult to say, what have you got that's local? You know, Gin Palace obviously, like, great supporter, but just by going in and having those conversations bartenders are like oh you know oh maybe I should try that and now there's lots of bars that carry two or three not just four pillars but you know quite a few particularly if they're from a local region they like to bring a gin that's from their hometown and that's the you know that's the great thing so when you're out and about just seeing whether there's a distillery nearby just talk it up really yes as for the bars in Melbourne what would you say would be some of the best places to go for gins for Australian gins Australian gins I think Bad Frankie, definitely. You know, Seb was a real pioneer in, um, you know, supporting craft spirits, uh, Australian craft spirits, when everyone else thought he was crazy. You know, they're celebrating their fifth birthday, which is a huge achievement, seeing as they haven't got that support from the big groups. Bowbird in Richmond is another one. Um, Gym Palace, Union Electric. Um, I think those are really great places to just go and sort of test your gin experience and, you know, see what they've got. But Bowbird and Bad Frankie are the ones that really support um, Australian. Yeah, awesome. yes. And also go to events like Junipalooza. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No pressure. No pressure. Do you like that nice advertising? Thank you. <laughs> yes, do. Yes, uh, tell us about how Junipalooza got started in um, So... The boys, my brothers from another mother, Olivier and Emile, started Junipalooza in London about six years ago. And I was kind of watching from afar, and I'm a huge fangirl of theirs. They run a really big website called Gin Foundry. And I saw what they were doing. There was nothing at the time in Melbourne. I contacted them just on the fly, like you do, sent them an email thinking they're just going to tell me to stuff off. And said, look, I really love what you're doing. I think we should bring this to Melbourne. And they were like, yeah, okay, we've never met. All of this was done over Skype and on the phone. I remember going to the meat market, which was our original venue, with my phone and doing uh, a Skype call with them, showing them the venue. We just did everything, you know, over the phone. I think I met them once before we did the event. Uh, We were both in the US at the same time. And it was just one of those things. We get on really well. The three of us have very different skill sets, but obviously all obsessed with gin. So... Yeah, so this is our fourth year. We're moving to a much bigger venue. And yeah, I'm just really proud. And I love the feedback that we get from distillers because they definitely feel that we look after them. Yes. Yeah, and how do you find the like the crowds? Are they generally like people who are super into it, or just like out for a good time? Oh no, or? I think um, I think yeah, no, we have some very very uh, serious connoisseurs in a in a lovely way, like really um, really fun people to hang out with. But it's like I don't know, it's just a great great weekend um, obviously we have people who come who've come every year who all wear their wristbands from every year mm-hmm. uh, we have a whole collection that come from New Zealand who come over and spend quite big because they want to take things back it's very yeah I think most people there have a real passion for it and they come to support their local distillers so you know people like the whiskery they're like oh I know Russ and you know they've kind of got to know people and then they might have dragged one or two friends who are probably not as big gin lovers but um yeah it's it's a good crowd yeah it's a good crowd it was fun last year having that mix of like everyone was super excited and talking about gin and then there was the whole like 
classic day at the race is holding your shoes oh, as yes. you are leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do have one or two of those. And I have to, everyone says, oh, you must have a great time. I'm like, I do not drink. You oh, know, no. I said, there's no <laughs> chance. I said, I remember the first year I didn't get to, t- there were a whole thing, uh, group of things that I wanted to try. And everyone was like, how much have you had to drink? I was like, nothing. You know, I'm so worried about the RSA and, you know, looking after our security guards. And we have been lucky. Our security team are really, really good. But yeah, you just have one or two people who are a little bit exhausted um, <laughs> by the end. But yeah, you just, uh, they're pretty good. We've never had anybody really, you know, really out of hand and definitely nobody calls in trouble. Yeah. It's just they've got a little bit excited. Yes. No, I do remember last year we were keen to have a chat with you as well, but you were so busy at the beginning. I know. And then about like two hours in, you're like, I'm, I'm free for a chat. And I'm like, no, nope, no. Nope, <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. What do you do on the day? And I'm like, I just seem to run, run around, you know, whether it's just checking in on distillers that they've eaten, that they've had coffee. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. And then, you know, obviously everyone wants to stop you and tell you that it's great, which is super lovely and people who've been to events of mine before come up and you know want a photo which is hideously embarrassing and I've got much better at saying yes I used to just go what no <laughs> um, so yeah it's my favourite it's like my Christmas oh yes ours too as well yeah. <laughs> we love it yeah. good um, so yeah it's growing it's going to yeah. a much larger venue which is where the two it's the central pier in Docklands nice. so yeah it's fantastic it's on the free tram route tram just drops you straight outside yes. so so like, as it grows, if uh, if you can imagine a world where you had like no financial boundaries and all the resources, what would you like to see happen with that, or any other projects oh my that goodness. you've got working? <laughs> I think um, I think there's always a really fine balance between you know everyone was really excited that we were going to a bigger venue, and I think there was an expectation that we were going to suddenly have masses of more distillers. And we're still really mindful that obviously we've got, it sounds really boring, but we've got a responsibility for those people that are coming along. But also we could absolutely cram it. And I know there are other events that absolutely cram as many people in as possible. And nobody benefits. You know, the distillers don't benefit. Everyone feels really squished and they're not getting to do what they want. So we're only increasing the number of distillers, I think, by about five or six. So that sounds really mean, but it's still going to be really good. But if I had no financial constraints, I don't know, much bigger venue, I guess. Mm. Um, and yeah, whole team, everyone thinks that make me laugh. Somebody emailed me last year and went, Oh, Caroline, can you get one of your team to update the da 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 da? And I went, Bruce, I am the team. <laughs> <laughs> everyone thinks there's a huge, massive, you know, marketing people, and no, it's yes. me, and then it's the boys in the UK who do logistics, graphic design, everything here to do with the distillers is me. Yes. It's because you make it look so professional. It's just like, <laughs> there must just be imagine a swan and I've got like feet underneath <laughs> sort of going furiously. Yeah. As the gin queen, you hold a lot of wonderful events around Melbourne. We were lucky enough to go to your Woman in Gin event for Women's Day this year. Is elevating the voice of women in the industry a cause that you feel strongly oh, about? Oh, massively. I think, um, you know, there seems to be a kind of particularly in Australia actually if you look further afield there are a lot of master blenders in the US in rum and whiskey who are women I think people kind of forget that you know top two brands are made by women Hendrix is made by Leslie Gracie uh, Bombay Sapphire is made by Dr. Anne Brock so I think you know there's here it seems to be the guys make the whiskey and maybe the, the girls make the gin. I think it's definitely changing. I was thinking on uh, on Thursday about sort of I need to update my sort of women in gin uh, because there's just so many now, you know, Ali from Karoo and Derv and, you know, um, Brogan and there seems to be a real um, shift. 
so yeah, I think it's I think it's changing. I'd still like to see more women in whiskey, but I think um, Christy Boozlark, who's the distiller at Kalara, she owns Kalara Distillery. Her dad's Bill Lark. She's doing a great job with the Australian Women in Distilling Group, really getting people together, not just to kind of oh, just chat, but you know they go and do educational tours. They've just done Tasmania, and they're also, more importantly, when we give our um, membership money, we actually put it. That money was decided to be put towards um, a bursary, so you know supporting somebody who wants to go into the industry, you know, to do some training. So really backing it up, not just sort of like oh let's just get together. Um, so I think what she's doing is really important. Yeah, she recently just did a scholarship, I think it was like a month ago or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, anniversary, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I applied. <laughs> <laughs> Keep applying. Yeah. I didn't get that one, but I'll get another one. <laughs> They're going to do it every year, so yeah. you just keep, keep trying. By women in the industry, we mean Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> the other ones. <laughs> no, there's so many. So, it's so beautiful, actually. I, I feel like I've been taken under the wing of so many women already. And I've only been doing it for about six months now, so... I think it's just such a... You know, initially it was such a rarity that I think, um, you know, women were just excited to find another women who were as interested. So, yeah. yeah, it's kind of just flocked together, really. Now, you were kind enough to bring a gin along with you, and it's one that I've been excited to try for a while, your collaboration no with... No one sipped it, yeah, I'm really worried. Yeah. Oh, right. I don't know, <laughs> holding the scent. <laughs> uh, did you want to tell us a bit about the gin and how the collaboration came about? Um, yeah, it was at my fifth anniversary um, in December, uh, and I've got a really great relationship with Four Pillars. I'm very lucky uh, that you know they supported a lot of what I do. And I just contacted them because a very dear friend of mine uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer, and um, she's a great industry sort of legend. And I, I wanted to do something, so I reached out to Cam and said, you know, it's my fifth anniversary. I'd love to make some gin with you. Could we do a collaboration? And proceeds would go to Alex, who could work throughout her treatment. And then it, they said yes. So I was really excited. And, you know, we kind of put together a recipe but I was just imagining that it would just arrive and no label and when they sent me the label I was just blown away because I had not expected that it was really a really nice touch so yeah I got to spend the day with Cam just you know we chat about everything and nothing and um, while the still was going and yeah I'm pretty happy with how it turned out it's delicious right. I can Thank vouch you. for it well I haven't tipped it yet <laughs> so let's have a, let's have a try shall we <laughs> cheers cheers, cheers. <laughs> very nerve-wracking being on this side of the, the table with everyone staring at you, you know, you staring at them and saying, please love my gin. I've yeah. been actually really enjoying the mouthfeel of it. It's mm. got this real waxiness going on and then um, fatty oils, but I, I love I think that, that might be the rosemary I used, rosemary from my garden and lemon verbena that I yeah. grew and pink peppercorns was Cam's idea, but I wanted, he got the pink peppercorns. So what did I bring from home? Lemon verbena rosemary and we put pink peppercorns in and then I put gentian in it as well mm -hmm. I really love Sue's like I kind of like that sort of bit and it just worked really well mm. and yeah. lots of juniper obviously yeah there's a lot yeah, of so much juniper love it great juniper's <laughs> like fantastic but I think the rosemary helps boost that flavour as well and the pink, mm. pink peppercorns really like help with the it's sort of like a spicy sweet yeah um, it's not overpowering no yeah, no, that is super up my alley. I love herbaceous gins and, yeah, and juniper is, is my thing. What would you say is, like, those botanicals that go make you go, wow? Like I think the, the the combination of the rosemary, when that was coming off the still, I was in heaven because you know how it, it doesn't all come off as gin flavour. It comes off separately. So, you know, Cam had to restrain me at the point that rosemary was coming off because I'd have quite happily just laid under the spout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, rosemary for me, but I just love anything with pimpeccas. Pimp, pimp, 
peppercorns. Try saying that when you've had a few. Pink <laughs> peppercorns in it. Well, it matches your pink hair. I know. Beautiful. We've got both pink hair. I know. (laughs) For once, like, we're half the table. (laughs) No, you've probably got um, a bit of angelica in there because you've got that, um, there's a lot of length in your Mm. your palette as well, which really helps with it as well. Yeah, it makes a good martini. It does. Mm. Yes. (laughs) So, we're getting into, yeah, like, well, gin day's coming up and Negroni week and things like that. What are the sort of events? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. like the, the week where everyone's like overdosing on milk whistle uh, to try and get their liver resuscitated. <laughs> well, I'm sort of, it's hard for me because I won't be here. I'll be celebrating World Gin Day in London. So, gosh, there's so many things I know that Gin Palace are putting on. I think this might be next weekend, a really delicious dinner with Never Never. It's really hard because as much as we all try and push World Gin Day, it's just not really the weather for it here. <laughs> so, so I really want to change that. Um, my good friend in the UK, Emma, who's Gin Monkey, um, she asked me to be Australian ambassador. and We've kind of worked really hard to help people promote what they're doing, whether it's a big event or just a, a cellar door event. But it's really great to see a lot of local distillers doing something, uh, you know, doing something different. So yeah, just just lots of rest and lots of water while you're getting through World Gin Day. <laughs> Where did the name the Gin Queen come from? Oh, it actually um, was the nickname that I gave the family friend that got me into gin in the first place. And it was originally not meant to be me. And somebody said to me, "Say you've got to start owning it because I find it really embarrassing." I'm, I keep going, "It's not me. It's just the name of the website." And I think about a year ago, someone just said to me, "You just got to stop saying that because you know." It's just how you know. And it's kind of sweet. Like, a couple of distillers call me Queenie and a couple call me GQ. And so, you know, it's nice for them. But, um, yeah, I was really embarrassed. I was like, it's just the name of the website. <laughs> Everyone's a gin queen. It's not just me. Kind of like how... Uh, <laughs> very odd bit of trivia but how the band Hootie and the Blowfish the singer isn't actually Hootie they're just called Hootie and the Blowfish don't ask me why I know that or why that thanks for that fun fact this is not the first time you have shared that fact on a podcast about that no no I, I try to put it in wherever I can apparently a big Hootie fan <laughs> with so many like great distilleries have you ever like had I don't know a taste of a gin that was about to come out or a secret that you had to like keep a lid on yeah all the time I mean I'm pretty lucky in the fact that a lot of people sort of put other distillers in touch with me so I've been quite lucky to do some R&D so I tasted uh, Patient Wolf very early on and I tasted Manly Spirits very early on yeah I get asked to do quite a lot and more so now with um gins wanting to go to export to the UK and UK gins wanting to be imported here you know I try and help them um, sort of get in contact with various people that I know Um, so yeah there's been a few um, I'm trying to think of a really big secret I can't think of one now has there the been spot. one that you tried and just went like, oh no, oh no? <laughs> oh, well, gin. Yeah. Oh my god, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't um, have to name names unless you want. No, I'm not naming <laughs> names, but I think you know, obviously, there's no such thing as a bad gin. It's all down to your personal preference. So when people say to me, oh, I don't like gin, I'm like, no, really. It's diplomatic for a queen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all about being regal. Um, <laughs> people say, oh, I don't like gin, and then I sort of chisel away at them, and then I realise it's actually they don't like tonic. Yeah. And then when people go, no, 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 I really don't like gin. I'm like, seriously, there's 6,000 gins on the market. There is a gin out there for you. It's just working out what your flavour profile is. So obviously I naturally gravitate towards anything that's very big on juniper, you know, herbaceous, 
um, quite like a bit of a higher ABV. I'm not really about floral gins. I seem to um, really have an aversion to sort of anise myrtle or cinnamon myrtle. Those type, they just don't do it for me. So I'll taste them and think it's a well-made gin, it's well-balanced, but it won't necessarily be for me. It's just not something that I would necessarily drink. And I've noticed that. I think it's a bit like uh, when people don't like coriander. You know, mm. it feels like... And I notice it, um, apart from Four Pillars, actually, if somebody's gone overboard with the lavender... I just really picked that up, just tastes like soap to me, which is really interesting when you're judging, you know, hundreds of gins, and you're like, hmm, okay, so we've decided I don't like any, so I don't like cinnamon. Do you do any of the judging for, like, the ABSA? Yeah, I did that for, uh, this year was the first year I didn't do it, but I did it in the two years previously. This year I was really proud to be invited to do Tasting Australia's Spirits Awards in Adelaide, which was really great, and I was really psyched about the judging team that I was on Bill Lark was leading that and I learned so much from him he's such a generous funny guy and you know we did lots of calibration which I hadn't really done before um, with with spirits judging so yeah it's super fun hectic we did 90 odd gins in two days which everyone goes oh my god I want your job and I'm like not when your gums are like melting and you're just you know all you want is a beer at the end of the day like you, you, you'd use a spittoon, but even then you yeah, you, use, you have to use a spittoon. Um, but you also, as Bill said, you also you can't spit all the time because otherwise you're not understanding if the if the gin's got length. Yeah. So you know you kind of have to take a little sip, um, but you guzzling water and it's really sad because if you do rum whiskey you get chocolate mm. if you do gin you get granny smith apples and crackers to like clean your palate which is not as nice as chocolate um, <laughs> so yeah it's um it's a tough gig but one i'm very happy to do <laughs> uh, now we do have a question that we ask everyone that goes on the podcast other than what did you first get drunk on yes other than that uh, it's when was the last time you had a jaeger bomb Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I, I, uni? I don't know. God, it's it's yeah, it's definitely dark ages. I just love everyone's reaction. Always. Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like a flashback of like you know repressed memory. You're like, oh my god, I've just taken back to sort of you know hideous boys and you know doing inappropriate things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, Jaeger usually doesn't go with good decisions. No, oh. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh no! Occasionally, someone comes up with like, actually, this cocktail is drinkable. <laughs> We're like, yeah, yeah okay, sure. maybe one. I tried. <laughs> <I> tried. <laughs> have to hide something it's probably not worth drinking yeah Yeah. I definitely think that (laughs) (laughs) I did actually have a friend who their drink of choice was Jaeger and we'd go to parties and everyone would have wine and they'd just bring a bottle of Jaeger and it was like what happened to you at what point in your life did that (laughs) That become a a good decision (laughs) (laughs) who dropped you as a child (laughs) that's a very interesting choice yeah Yeah. (laughs) have you got any personal favourites at the moment god I can't tell you that (laughs) (laughs) at the moment it's really (laughs) it's really hard and I have to be really diplomatic I can't just I think never never is you know spectacular I'm super super excited that Isle of Harris gin is now available in Australia that is just divine oh my goodness yeah those two are on pretty high rotation single shot MGC yeah um, yeah anything with quite a lot of juniper in there's just so many I mean I've obviously could sit here and reel off loads of names people are going to listen to this and go oh my god she didn't mention me <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like saying we 
at the moment. Because at the moment, me, yeah. The and I've just I, got I my delivery of um, Shiraz 2019. <gasps> I'm just going off to the um, to the launch. Have you, you tried it? Already? I did. I did a little sip earlier, and I made a gin and tonic with Fever Tree Lemon Tonic, which goes really, really well. Sounds weird, but it works. Um, and then I'm going to go back and do a comparative tasting with against last year's. But I'm just in love with that bottle. I just yeah. think they do I such really a beautiful job. I love the new label. Yeah. Um, Jess Cruikshank is incredible. She she posted yesterday on Instagram her whole process of like when she got the brief and how she did it. And it's just really good. It looks yeah. great. It looks better in the flesh than it does online. I can't wait to taste it. Same. <laughs> Okay, so, well, if someone does want to uh, purchase your gin or find you, where are the best places to oh, Well, it's not, because it's such a small run, I think we only made 30 bottles. Cam kept two. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been doing it on eBay so that Alex gets the money. So it's not good. We're never going to do it again. It's not, um, not going to be widely available. <laughs> I, like I, really I know, like I know. <laughs> I like it too. Um, it's something that I would like to do with other distillers. Mm-hmm. You know, when a friend of mine said, oh, I'd love to see you do one with Archie Rose and sort of, you know, the other big distilleries. Um, but this one's just super special because it was a birthday and it was for Alex. So, yeah. yeah. Do you have any advice for people who are starting out in the gin industry? Gin industry, which side? Our side or? Probably, yeah, like our side and then, or like, you know, if you have any like really good tidbits for the distillers. Um, outside, I would say um, just get out as much as you can. You know, you guys are really good at sort of making connections as well. You know, support distillers. And they're, you know, like most people who are passionate about what they do, they love talking about it. So, yeah, get out there, meet as many distillers as you can. I got lots and lots of advice from bartenders in the beginning. Um, I was really, like, trying to show people on the website that it wasn't just gin and tonic. So a lot of my cocktail knowledge I kind of gleaned from people behind the bar and did a lot of reading, a lot of reading. I have tons and tons of books. You know, Savoy Cocktail Book is probably one of my most well-thumbed. And um, yeah, just get out and, and meet people. Don't be afraid to just ask. Obviously, don't ask for free things because that sucks. Mm. And we get people get a really <laughs> bad rep for doing that. Yeah, that would be my main thing. Is just you know do the right thing. Mm. That's the one thing that I would say. And um, the other side, Dilla's, um oh, tricky one. Maybe I'll take a diplomatic silence on that one. Um, don't lose sight of what gin is meant to be. Mm-hmm. Be innovative be playful you know make what you like but try not to steer too far away I'm seeing quite a few things lately that are coming to market that I would question whether they were gin or not um, so if people want to find out uh, what other upcoming events you, yeah just keep, hop on the hop on the website and sign up to the newsletter promise not to spam you I'm not very good at <laughs> sending loads and loads of emails out so you'd be lucky to get once a month at the moment so yeah and just follow the Facebook page um, mm-hmm. I usually post most things there fantastic well, thank you so much for chatting. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you for letting us taste your beautiful Yes, gym. it is so oh. nice. <laughs> Maybe we'll have another one. <laughs> yes, yes, please. please. Cool, all right. Well, yeah, we will see you at June Police and then. Yeah, yes. can't wait. <laughs>
need the least amount of editing I think we've ever had for the podcast. And she, yeah, such a delight to talk to, and a you know another another pink haired gal, which I very much enjoy. Yes, I'd also like to do a quick shout out to Joe Taylor in North Melbourne. It's an excellent cocktail bar. They were kind enough to let us record in their space, and it's beautiful. And they make lovely cocktails. So if you're ever in North Melbourne. Please head on down to Joe Taylor. Yes, I'm very much enjoying my Coco Chanel little black dress, which comes in a very, very nice uh, martini glass or champagne glass that is matte black and beautiful and delicious. And I got myself a, a red snapper celery. I don't know, but it just says for extra vegetables because I am malnourished. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you ordered a salad. Yeah, yeah like I did. A boozy salad, so like the best kind of salad. Yeah, the yeah. Only, and then it comes with a giant bottle of Tabasco on the side. It is huge. You are meant to drink the entire thing, you know that, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a chaser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am always that dickhead who's just like, here's this green paste called wasabi. You're meant to lather it all over everything and then take a big bite. <laughs> <laughs> and your eyes start swelling, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And then I run away quickly before you hit me. <laughs> we also got to try some of that um, gorgeous gin that Carolyn made with the four pillars, and I, I actually just can't get over that mouthfeel. So, like, you know what? That's what I'm going to say a lot in this mouthfeel. Yeah. If you do get a chance and you want to buy a bottle, definitely go on eBay and get yourself one because that's for a great cause and it's a delicious gin. You can't go wrong. That said, by the time that this episode comes out, if there's none left in existence, then we are one of the lucky few. Yeah. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh, also, definitely be sure to get yourself a Juniper Loose ticket if they're still available when this comes out. It's a great time. We went last year. We'll be there this year. It's so much fun. If you love gin, you're going to have a great time. Yeah, come and take a photo with us because that happened once and I felt so famous. <laughs> make, make us feel validated. <laughs> We'll be there on the Saturday night. Yes, yes Saturday <laughs> night. Come find us. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with us, maybe you have some suggestions for us, any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Do you want to do an interview with us? Do you have anything to do with gin? Shoot us an email, gingalspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe on any podcasting app you so choose to use. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at gingalspodcast. Yes, I think we we still do have a Twitter. We still have a Twitter. I just don't know if we actually actively update it. Like when I put out a new episode, I click the button that says "Also update to Twitter," but like I don't really do Twitter. Australia's not a Twitter country. I don't know. I don't know what Twitter is. Like I've actually never really (laughs) done any of it. I don't know what Twitter is. (laughs) What is Twitter? It's just a mystery to me. Um, You don't need to know about it. You're not missing anything. You're probably better off. I am the youth, so I should know these things better. I'm not. <laughs> That's Gabby, all right, bringing up that she's the young swan out of us whenever she can. <laughs> old hags. <laughs> uh, and definitely stay tuned. We are getting ourselves together this year, and we'll definitely be putting out a lot more content more regularly. So yeah. please keep an ear out. And yeah, thank, thank you, you very time. Yes. Uh, thank you very kindly to Kate Bart, who wrote our theme music. And with that, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.